What's going on, guys? Welcome on back to the second and short podcast here. We're going to be talking about fantasy football from the cheap seats. We're also going to be diving into NFL stuff as well. Over here on Mosaic MC Network, I am your host, Tyler Lauder, and I am joined as always with Jason Teasley, a.k.a. Mosaic MC East. Three weeks into the season, how are you feeling after that porous Monday night football? Uh, see, man, why you got to take cheap shots at me knowing that, you know, my Giants played on Monday night. I'm feeling overwhelmed, really, because this is a fantasy football season and the NFL season that's got off to a start that nobody predicted. It has been it has been kind of interesting. It's been kind of wild. Uh, down to two teams now in the NFL that are undefeated. Um, even fewer teams, you know, uh, percentage-wise, uh, that are undefeated in all of your fantasy leagues. It is uh, if you're three and all right now, well done. Uh, if you're in a redraft and you're zero and three, you're okay. Who cares? Uh, just make the last seed and then run the table is what you need to do. I actually did that one year in, in a home league. Uh, I entered as the eight seed and I took down one, two, and three on my way to the championship. And so it can be done. I've seen it done. Uh, and don't ever hold out. Don't start going crazy on early season guys and pushing. Um, but you may be able to take advantage of some of these, you know, bigger name guys that haven't popped off and maybe you can get some value for, uh, in return and bring them in on your redraft. And in dynasty, uh, this is the point where you start your rebuild, uh, you're Owen three, you, if you're not in the top, let's say a 12 team league, mm-hmm. you're Owen three and your ninth in points scored. Is that the rebuild, like border for you? Yeah, I think I think you're right right there on the cusp of starting a rebuild. Um, I just started one myself. I just got uh, sent OBJ off for a second and third uh, this coming draft. Um, so I'm starting to sell off assets people have inquired about. Starting my rebuild there. I'm. N- 10th in points and 0 and 3. So, okay. So, so we're saying if you're 10th, 11th, or 12th in points scored, uh, you probably, and you're 0 and 3, you that, that hit a rebuild. Just hit the rebuild early. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's an uphill battle, not because you're 0 and 3. It's different when we're talking redraft because, you know, redraft stuff is crazy. Yeah. You know, Dynasty, you kind of see like you're not going to just suddenly top three because top three is probably those teams that are, they're going to win a championship this year. But if you're at nine, that's where you can kind of flip because I'm sure you're probably only like 10, 15 points per game lower than the six seed type thing per se. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I said, nine is right there at that cusp or where you really have to reevaluate your choices mm-hmm. and, you know, and determine look, if can I make a run at the six, 10 points? Or is it a lost cause? And I need to start looking toward next year. Yeah. And if you're 0-3, but you're, you know, you're seventh, sixth, or eighth, like you're in that middle range of points, you're not in a rebuild. You're unlucky because you're probably in top three for points allowed. And that's probably why you're sitting there. Yeah. Uh, Which brings in the whole argument that every league should have, you know, a game against the league median for a balance. I, I see that. Sure. I don't really care. Um, either way, if it's in a league of mine, it's never bothered me. But let's uh, let's jump into some news and things. 
and then we'll go into starts and sits. That's kind of how our episode's going to go. And then we're going to talk about Thursday Night Football Preview. Uh, we've been going for a long time already in this intro. Uh, we're going to have a story time. Okay, we'll get personal because you guys, you know, it, you, don't, you don't care about our leagues. Why would you? You're not invested in our leagues. But you can be invested in a situation that is happening that I know 99% of people out there will disagree with and they will not like. 2021 season's among us. It's, uh, they're about to hit the rookie draft. This league is a, sort of a home league. I know a couple people in it kind of building this friendship back with one of the guys, the commissioner. And um, we won't name names, but I'll just kind of go on the scenario. Uh, it's really bad team, uh, really bad. Has nothing really for a two QB league. Has one quarterback who ended up being on suspension for a, pretty much a whole year and now almost this whole year. So they were like, we'll give you two years free. So I said, okay, like, why not? If I get two-year entry fee, I can rebuild this team in two years. So I take it. I take the two-year entry fee, start trading off every asset. You know, I trade away. I have Nick Chubb, you're gone. Adam Thielen, you're gone. Watson, you're gone. I just, anybody that's at an age part cliff or has some type of thing on them, gone, gone, gone. Come into this year, year two of being free, right? Okay. Um, <clears throat> By free, I mean, they're fitting the bill because I had no draft picks that first year. Uh, and then this past year, I had uh, no, I, I, I just had like one pick and I had to accumulate the rest of mine. So the commissioners, one fits the bill for me in my first year. The other one fits the bill, the co-commissioner, the second year. When that happens now, um, the guy that is the commissioner is very upset, very mad. I start out 2-0. and and I'm still kind of in my rebuild. And he starts out 0-2. I'm third point scored in the league. He's ninth point scored in the league. And out of nowhere, Sunday morning happens at like 8 in the morning. He says, hey, by the way, since you didn't pay for your league fee by yourself with your own money, you are not eligible to make the playoffs. And if you do make the playoffs, you'll get bumped out. And the next highest team that missed the playoffs will get bumped in. Looking at the four teams that will miss the playoffs, three of them are obvious rebuilds and they're not going to make it. And his team is the fourth team, right? So um, I looked at it and this week I would have started 3-0 had I played Jalen Hurts and I'll get to why I didn't in a second. Um, and that whole thing happened. Huge debate. League doesn't agree with it. He's making it a dictatorship, right? Because I didn't actually pay because I'm not a mature adult, he says, to pay my own thing. And we're not going to get into the, the the total drama. We're just getting to the logistics of this story. Even okay. though the bill was footed, fitted for me, it was paid for. He said I was ineligible. And I even said, well, the co-commissioner that paid my entry fee this year, if I win the whole league, I'll split the pot with him. Like, I'll give him his feedback. I'll give him, heck, I would have given the guy everything except for all he has to do is give me the amount of money to cover my 23 season. And he could have the rest. I didn't care. So he made a ruling, dictatorship. Um, I've already committed in, and paid for the 23 and 24 season because my first two years were free. So I paid for years three and four out of commitment. And uh, the whole league was kind of an uproar. He gets his first win on the season. I lose because I traded away Jalen Hurts. And I said, well, if I can't win and make the playoffs, I have no, I have no need to win any games then. I'm going to tank. And the whole league is mad at that because he's allowing me to tank because I can't win. He's like, as long as he has a starting lineup. So now the league health is falling. So I trade away Jalen Hurts. I get Justin Fields and the 1-1 in 2023. 
Uh, it's a lock to be the one one with how bad the other team is of whose pick I got. Okay. And they get Jalen Hurts. Um, if he would have not made that ruling, if I would have not paid attention, I would be three and zero in that league. Uh, and I'd be two more wins than him, and I would be a top two team in that league with six first round picks in the upcoming draft. So now I have seven picks in the upcoming draft and uh, crazy. So what are your thoughts on that? Like my, my team's fee is paid for. What do you think on that? So, so you went into this, this understanding that you're taking over a shit team. Mm-hmm. First two years are free. It was not explained that you would not be playoff eligible ahead of time. So I, I think that's bullshit. And I think the commissioner needs to have a reality check for, uh, in all honesty, because it needs to be a, if that was the guidelines, it needed to be stated before. Exactly. On the exactly. Other, yeah. On the other hand, I would tank like a son bitch. I would yep. play. I would uh, that way. You're the commissioner set the guidelines. You're, you're playing within those guidelines. And everybody in the league's pissed off. They don't need to be pissed off at you. They need to be pissed off at the commissioner. For one, basically, because I see that as collusion for to benefit him. It is. It is to benefit him. And he had a team going into preseason. Dynasty Nerds GM had him ranked as number one in the league based on player value and projected finish. Uh, and I was sitting at like seven. And I was already planning going into the season to to lose. I didn't really have a need to win because I'm playing for free. When you're playing for free, I don't really care. Let's just get as high a draft pick every year. And then when I'm my own money's invested, let's, let's compete. So, I mean, I'm on the, I really don't care what happens. I've had some people tell me I should just leave the league because that's messed up, but where I'm sitting, I've already paid for 23, 24. I don't really like to quit leagues, especially if I like to see what I have <clears throat> on top of that. Now I have seven first round picks. Uh, I really want to see what damage I can do. And I own my own plus the guaranteed one, one. So I should have two top two picks plus, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be loaded, but that's all. Let's go ahead and move on to news and notes. That's enough about it. We're going to rapid fire news and notes. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the news that drops. We're going to go fantasy wise and NFL wise. And I want you to tell me fantasy wise, this is great. You don't care, or this is bad. All right. Zach Wilson is back and is starting for the Jets this week. I think you need to fade all of your Jets players until he gets acclimated. Uh, so I would say fade all Jets players for at least three weeks. So this is a this is a negative. This is a bad thing. Yeah. This is bad. Yes. Okay. For, for the next three weeks. Just that's that's it right here. Just straight rapid fire. No, no explanation. It's good, you don't care, or it's negative. Okay. Russell Wilson is not practicing today and Andy Dalton is taking first team reps. I don't care cuz I feel like that's a that's a push. Push out of the way, fair enough. John Harbaugh says Justice Hill who had 60 yards rushing this past week looks like a star. I I like it because that gives you more weapons in Baltimore. Uh this week appears to be too ambitious uh for Dak Prescott. He's not expected to practice today and this week Cooper Rush might get another start. Doesn't matter. He's not. Jerry Jones is not a doctor. He's not. Uh, Prescott's not going to be back for several more weeks. Last one. Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator wants to get Traylon Burks more involved. 
this is a good thing. Burks is a talented athlete. I uh, see this is an upside. And there we go. With that being said, that is news and things. Let's go ahead and jump right into our fantasy starts and cautionary sits of the week. Little addition here. We're going to give you guys a little plus minus on what we think their projection is going to go and where that would sit them based on projections of why. So quarterback start of the week is projected quarterback 31, Jacoby Brissett. He's traveling to take on the Atlanta Falcons, projected 14 fantasy points this week. I gave him a plus three. He's going to hit about 17, which would sit him at quarterback 23. Why do you like Jacoby Brissett this week? Uh, I think he's becoming very comfortable in this offense. He's getting that rhythm down with his receivers, and I feel Chubb's the best running back in the league currently, so that's taking a lot of pressure off of him so he can go through his progression and reads and find the open receivers. Um, so I think this is a a standout game for him where he's actually going to show that he's – a solid quarterback and a solid fantasy option. Yeah, and uh, the big thing here is that the Atlanta Falcons are allowing about 20 points per game to quarterbacks. So, I mean, us putting them at 17 is a very generous and cautious type thing. We're looking at him getting about 15 to 20 yards rushing, about 210 yards passing uh, with two touchdowns thrown and no turnovers. He'll probably see about 28 to 30 uh, pass attempts. And I think they'll be, I mean, Amari Cooper is going to stretch the, you know, is going to stretch every play for him, extend every play off of his catch, you know, his yak. Uh, I think that he's going to end up hitting like a long bomb, probably somehow to like Ninjoku is probably going to have like one big yeah. performance type game. And I think a cream hunt's probably going to get like five, six dump off passes that are going to carry on and get a lot of first downs. And I just think this Browns team, I think they might, they're going to be winning this game. The positive aspect about this is that they're not going to be blowing out Atlanta because Atlanta seems to just score points and they just like to keep everything working. Uh, but I, I think Jacoby Brissett has a real good chance of, of hitting a, a, a top 23 quarterback performance this week. Now, a quarterback that we say cautionary sit. Last week, we said to sit Tua and is the most right we've been this season so far <laughs> on our start sits uh, just because he's coming off bad week. I don't want to take a victory lap because he did get hurt. But then again, he came back in the game. Don't agree with it. But this week, we're going to take another kind of bold approach. Projected quarterback 12, Derek Carr for the Raiders is hosting the Denver Broncos. Projected 18.6 points per game. Uh, here's my thing. I have it a minus three and a half, which puts him at quarterback 31, swapping with Brissett. It's a big fall for me. Denver has been locking down everything. Denver has not allowed 300 yards total in a game yet, and they've allowed 17 or less points in three consecutive games. We're not seeing quarterbacks do a lot. They're getting a lot of sacks. They're forcing fumbles. They're recovering half of them. Uh, they're getting lots of tackle for losses, and they're just they're beating down defense or offenses every week. Yeah, and this is a surprise. I mean. Denver's defense has been one of the surprise teams this year. Uh, they're getting a nice edge rush. They're not letting quarterbacks go through progressions. Uh, they're strip sacking. Their corners are locking people down. I mean, this is a well-rounded defense that is hard to plan for. And I think with so many weapons, you're, you need to go through that progression. And Denver is just not letting quarterbacks do that. They're keeping the mm -hmm. pressure which is key the arguing factor on this is that Derek Carr has been, he's been okay. He's been all right. He hasn't been bad. Um, it's a divisional game. Anything could happen, but 
Denver's done really well. 17 points against Seattle, nine points against Houston, 10 points against 49ers. Granted, Derek Carr is the best quarterback out of all those three and him listed. Their offense is probably the best, but it's just, it's too risky. I, I, I could see a situation where it's a, it's a close game and it might be turnover heavy for Derek Carr this week. So let's go ahead and jump into running back start of the week. And he popped off in week two. DeAndre Swift goes down and now projected running back 22, Jamal Williams versus Seattle. He's only projected 12.1 points. I've got him at a plus five this week. We said he almost could be like a plus eight. I think he has a great chance to finish as a our running back one this week. I have him finishing uh, with 17.1 points uh, being RB4 this week. His stats last week were fantastic. Not only did he run the ball a lot, did he get two touchdowns? He also saw two targets that he hauled in. He was just used so much on that offense. And even if Swift kind of plays, I still like Williams to hit over 12. Yeah, and he's the Swiss Army knife in this offense. He can run, catch. He he gets the mismatches. He can uh, outrun linebackers when they have to match up with him out of the backfield. And it's not like that he's not getting uh, the share while Swift is healthy either. Um, we've seen that in week one. He's still being factored in the offense. He's just being, uh, but he's just being one of those backs that can do everything. And with Swift having the, the arm injury, I look for him to step up, be the, the leader back this week. And like you said, we've got him at a plus five with a potential plus eight. Yeah, and I just think, I mean, he, like I said, he went off last week. I don't think Seattle's that great. Um, we've seen Seattle allow lots of rushing yards. Cordell Patterson broke over 100 and, and went off. Javante uh, uh, Williams had a pretty good week one outside of a fumble. Like, he's on the one-yard line. That literally is an eight-point swing where he either scores a yeah. touchdown or he loses a fumble, and we're looking at a guy that hits 25, 26 fantasy points that week. And... Even in week two against Jeff Wilson and the 49ers, Wilson came off the bench and had 84 rushing yards on like 14 attempts. They're allowing a lot of yards per carry. I think either way, I think if Swift does play, it'll probably be on a snap count. I think Williams will see the bulk. And I think he's just going to see like 15 to 20 touches and he's probably going to score a touchdown. And this Lions team, I mean, these are offensive guys that I, I just want to start almost every week. Now, a running back to sit this week is projected running back 20, Miles Sanders, going up against the Jacksonville Jags defense. He's projected 12.3 points. I got him at a minus two. Um, I think he'll just kind of eclipse 10 just based on sheer volume. I think the Eagles should be winning this game and kind of just running, but I think they're going to use a committee ap approach. Everybody's going to kind of touch the ball. Jacksonville has been stingy, you know, against uh, Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, Austin Eckler. Those guys together have like 120 rushing yards against Jacksonville this year. Um, somewhere in that range. I could be off a little bit. Their, ru their rush defense um, is playing really well. They're not allowing a lot of yards per carry. They're not allowing anybody to break outside. Their pass defense could use some help, but maybe Jacksonville's just on an early ride. But it seems like uh, Doug Peterson's got this team. Just uh, They're just they're playing really well. Yeah, and they're blocking up holes you don't see teams getting off the off the ball to create these running lanes against jacksonville they're playing smart uh and making people beat them with their arm which we've granted we've said that their secondary can use a a little help but 
you're getting pressure. You're getting the running lanes uh, blocked up. And, you know, versus three of the probably first two rounds, these players went easily, if not the first round. And they're, they've held them. Uh, Miles Sander is one of our feast and famine players that we don't like him in fantasy because he's very dependent on Blake breaking one long run and it not actually showing his true value. So I don't think he's going to have that opportunity. So I think we should fade him this week against that stingy run defense. It's just, it's too risky. And granted, it's, it's one of those things like putting him on a sit list every week and it's a cautionary sit. You could be wrong based on one play that he goes off for a 73 yard run yeah. for a touchdown. And he's already sitting at 13 points on one touch. Uh, granted, he'll probably finish with 10 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown, but it doesn't matter if he has a big run. I just, I see them kind of getting everybody involved. I, I think he'll probably have like 40 to 50 rushing yards. Gainwell will probably have like 20 to 30. They'll both probably have like two or three receptions. Scott will get involved. And I think if anybody's going to run the most, it's probably going to be hurt uh, yeah. in this game. He's probably going to lead them in rushing again. Now, Let's move on to our wide receiver start of the week. It is wide receiver projected 29, Chris Alave. He's going up against the Minnesota Vikings, who've been kind of gutted by a couple of people. Uh, he's projected 12.9 fantasy points. We got him at a plus 3.3, which would put him at wide receiver 10 projection this week. Here's why. Back-to-back -back weeks, 13 targets. Uh, he saw uh, a progression every week, every week where he's going three catches, five catches, nine catches. 41 yards, 80 yards, 147 yards, no touchdowns on the year so far. And he's sitting around like almost 40 fantasy points. He's a, he's a wide receiver two right now with no touchdowns. On top of that, Michael Thomas left the game last week against the Panthers. Uh, Landry left the game against the Panthers. So even if those guys come back, they're not going to be 100%. They're going to be playing with nagging injuries. And Chris Olave, here's the thing. he He doesn't... I don't think he gets a lot of yards after catch from the game I was watching. I know he had some little moment there, but he is the perfect, like, like he is what Kenny Galladay was supposed to be. Just a yeah. get up and get it guy. He's got a one-on-one -on -one poster. Let him go. Let him work. He's a really proficient route runner. He's able to get into space really well. Even as a rookie, I think that he is going to lead all rookie wide receivers um, this year when it comes to season's end. And everybody's going to be like, why did we mess up? Like, Wow, the Saints actually made a good trade going up and getting him. Like, like, why is he in Dynasty? Why was he the fifth or sixth receiver drafted in our rookie drafts? Like, everybody's going to kind of be questioning things. That's his role. That's his thing this year. Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, doesn't matter. Uh, I, th I, think, I think Minnesota's DBs are not that great. It's been a thing that I haven't said about them for a long time. And so that's where I'm at. Yeah, um, Alave is one of these receivers that – uh, is a true possession receiver. He's not, he's going to make the catch. He's going to move the change. His yak is not going to be, you know, leaping off the stat sheet, but he's going to get the yards. Uh, that is his role. Now, once he gets more comfortable in this offense, I think you can see that kind of start bumping up as, as well as, you know, having healthy, no, excuse me, uh, having a healthy, wide receiver core around him. You know, Michael Thomas, the king of the slant route, uh, which definitely helps out, you know, Alave with his route running. Because when you got a player like Michael Thomas running those slats, 
slants and big body coming across the middle, you know, that opens up, you know, your other receivers. But Alave is going to only get better uh, once he gets more comfortable. He's showing signs of brilliance. So this is an easy, easy one for me this week. Now we split. <laughs> this is where we split. And so how we do these things is it's kind of like, hey, I think maybe this guy. And then the other person's like, maybe this guy. And then we kind of just like work our way down. Wide receiver and tight end sits. We don't. We didn't even do that. I, I just looked at him and I said, no. But you go and stake your claim <laughs> because if you're going to be wrong, I want to let you be wrong. Um, if you're right, I'll let you yeah. be right type thing. And so here's what we have. Projected running or wide receiver 22. Jason. Just That's Jason. Me. Thinks that Brandon Cooks against the LA Chargers will not hit 13.9 points. He's a sit this week. He's got a minus 3.4, which would put him around wide receiver 50 in projections. Tell us why you don't like Brandon Cooks this week, and then I'm going to argue it. Uh, so of course, you're going to argue with me. I just don't see that. Uh, one, uh, I'm not a fan of Davis Mills and that offense uh, as a whole. Uh, I know we talk about garbage time points and everything, but. I don't think that this is going to be one of those exceptions uh, to the rule where you'll get garbage points. Uh, Cooks is getting a high volume, but he's, his catch rate is not there. Um, and I think that this is going to be one of those things that LA's going to uh, regroup and retool that defense and make it to where Davis Mills has to be with their arm, uh, and Key uh, makes makes the um, sorry makes Davis Mills organize the offense so he can't beat them with the arm. They're going to have to rely on a rookie running back and a veteran uh, with Red Spurhead and Pierce. They're going to key. They're going to try to shut down Cooks, take away his one weapon, and. I think Houston's going to struggle to even get get him seven targets this game. And now my argument is he has 29 targets in three games. He's not producing. I mean, 82, 54, 22 uh, yards. His catches are seven, four, and two. But he's received seven or more targets in all three games. I mean, 12, 10, and seven. And he was doing that against uh, the Colts. Uh, who are in the in the top 10 right now in pass defense against the Broncos, who are top 10 in pass defense against the Bears, who are middle of the road in pass defense. And I get the Chargers, who are allowing a lot of passing yards. I just think that here's my risk with it. The reason why I don't like this risk, he could be a flex play this week. I think it's a game that they could be losing. They should be trailing. They're going to get garbage time points. He's going to get a lot of targets. You are banking that he's going to be under his 50% you know, target uh hold if he gets 10 targets and gets seven catches he's probably going to get 50 60 yards and he's already hit your projection that's my risk of it because i just think the volume is going to be there and volume equals value we say that a lot on this podcast granted i get your points are valid i get what you're saying um i just think it's a little too risky so i played it safe projected wide receiver 45 robert woods uh, traveling to take on the Indianapolis Colts, who are fantastic in pass defense. they not really great against the run, but they're doing all right. Um, you know, they, he's projected 11.4 points. He had, a, he had a decent week last week uh, when they took on the Raiders. He had 85 yards. 
on four receptions. So he had a, a decent week. Uh, I have him as minus 1.5. It's not a big drop. It's like I said, it's a safe week. I like a lot of wide receiver matchups this week. Here's my thing. News and things, we talked about it. They want to get Traylon Burks more involved. I think Derrick Henry is going to take off a little more. Austin Hooper, we haven't seen anything happen yet, so I think it kind of needs to. It's going to happen eventually. I just see a scenario where Burks is going to get like eight, nine targets because office coordinator wants it. He's going to draw plays just for Burks. And Robert Woods is going to have, he's going to have like a nine to 10 point game. And it's going to be okay. He's going to get five catches, 50 yards. It's going to be a good game. I just think it's a cautionary set. Like he's not a need to start. If you have injuries, go on and get a free agent. I think um trying to see who's the most of, I don't have like a most available thing, but guys like Romeo dubs, if he's available in your league, Matt Collins, Zay Jones, uh, <clears throat> uh, Richie James for the giants. I think all those guys are better grabs right now and starts this week in your flex. If you're going to go somewhere else, just go get one of those guys off your waiver. Um, and start them in your flex if you have an injury. Now let's get into our final category. I'm not even gonna let you rebuttal on that, Robert Woods, because it's such a, <laughs> it's such a safe play. It's, yeah, such a, it's nothing. Safe. He's wide receiver 45. Um, start this week, tight end 16, Tyler Conklin for the New York Jets going to Pittsburgh. Projected 8.5 points we have down. I got him as a plus 2.6, uh, hitting that uh, almost 12 range. He's like 11-1. Really close 12 points. I got him projected at tight end eight this week. Tyler Conklin has come on strong. And I know we said that we're mm, on Zach Wilson and they're losing from, from Flacco, but. We always say that a quarterback's best friend is their tight end on those underneath safe routes. So far, he's seen, you know, seven, nine, eight targets. He's playing about 79 or more snaps percentage-wise per game, I, I just think, I just think, and the best part about that is he's, well, he has one touchdown this year and he's, he's sitting around like 37 fantasy points with one touchdown. He's like tight end, like, I don't even know what he is right now. He's tight end four on the year. With, with one touchdown. Yeah, that's one touchdown. That's crazy. Yeah. And we, we talked about this off air. Minnesota is going to regret letting him go. Um, but like we said, Zach Wilson, these get acclimated back into the game. So we think that those short underneath routes for Conklin's going to be there and he's going to get a high volume. Absolutely. Now tight end sit, we split again here. So <laughs> I'm going to introduce him for you. And then we'll kind of move from there is projected tight end five TJ Hawkinson against Seahawks projected 11.3 points. You've got him falling to eight points projected to finish tight end 20. Why don't you like TJ Hawkinson this week? I just think that we'll spread the ball around even more, especially with Williams going to probably take the line share in the backfield. Uh, Amon St. Brown is emerging as a true wide receiver one there. Uh, I think that they're going to control the game, make sure that they don't fall apart like they did this past week. And I, I look for the ball to go elsewhere. I think a lot of the underneath stuff, you're going to see Jamal Williams coming out of the backfield to get rather than them going to Hawkinson. Fair. We could see it. I just think Seattle's not very great. Um, we could see a lot of pass volume going. But, yeah, we could see a scenario where the Lions are stretching the field more, where we think Williams is going to have a great game. So not everybody can have a great game. If Williams is having a great game and St. Brown's having a good game, yeah, Hawkinson might falter in that situation. I think 
projected tight end 20 irv smith jr at the new orleans saints he's projected eight points i've got him sitting around like 5.96 points projected for tight end 26 it's a, another non-risky one but it's one of those things where i think i think the wide receivers you, you, you can't bench jj he's not going to have a bad week back to back even though the saints are pretty good in pass pro and i don't i think Thielen's probably going to catch a touchdown so because of that i'm looking at well osborne or smith's going to be the odd man out i'm taking Irv smith as the odd man out I just think the Saints do really well against the tight end position. I think their linebackers cover really well. I think that they 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 have high blitz numbers, and because of that, having high blitz numbers, they're gonna have to bring in their tight end to block a little more than they want mm-hmm. to let Cousins have some more time, which he hardly ever has in the NFL. And so I just think go somewhere else. I mean, if, if you're one of those people that has a, a tight end that's kind of iffy or he's like hurt or banged up, go somewhere else. You can probably pick up tight ends off the waiver. Will Dis Disley. Um, Kim Brait, uh, all those guys. I mean, uh, Bellinger for the Giants. Other guys like that, I'd prefer to start this week that you probably could pick up off the waiver. And real quick, Thursday night football, we have the Cincinnati Bengals against the undefeated Miami Dolphins. Can the Dolphins go 4-0? What is your prediction in this game? Uh, I think this is the Dolphins' first loss. Uh, I know Cincinnati is struggling but they're getting it back on track. Um, and I think this is going to be a shootout. So definitely have anybody that you can on this game, have them plugged into your lineup as normal. Same. I agree. I, I have the Bengals winning this game as well. I think it's going to be a closer game. Um, I think Dolphins have a really good team overall. We don't know if Tua is going to be starting. It could be Teddy B. It's a short week. Tua, I don't think, should have been, went back in that game um, with how serious they are about concussion protocol and everything. I get it. If you pass, you pass. But it's just, as a coach, that's so risky, a head injury. Because if you play him and he gets hit again, like he might be out for the season type thing. So they took a risk. I mean, it, it paid off for them. They're 3-0. But I think their streak hits here, regardless if it's Tua or Teddy. I think the Bengals will get back on track. I, I think it's going to be like a 23 to like 21 game. Thursday night football has been pretty good so far this year and i i kind of expect it and that's it for us here on second and short giving all the information from the cheap seats um you know over on the mosaic mc media uh platform go ahead and, and subscribe here on youtube uh if you're listening on apple Podcasts, spotify google uh, audio guys wh- whatever any any place where it hits your earbuds give us a five-star rating or four or three or two or one just rate us who cares i don't even care give us some ratings <laughs> and uh Follow us on social media. We'll have all of our pickums tomorrow dropping on TikTok as well as Twitter. Jason's got your coverage all day on Saturday and Sunday. So if you need to start sick questions, tag us. We will answer all your questions. And that's it. Thanks for listening. And as always, get out there and make some trades.